Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. Ladies, welcome on in. This is episode 29 with me, Rebecca Allen. We're going to be talking about three ways to be more self-kind, to build rock-solid self-worth. Now, this is actually the second of a two-part series on self-worth. We talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago in episode 27, where we were talking about how you need to manage your negative self-talk because it has a massive, massive impact on your sense of worth. But in today's episode, I want specifically to talk about these three aspects of building more rock-solid self-worth by being more self-kind. And self-kindness is not some sort of fluffy concept, Self-kindness is an absolute necessity and that's especially true if you're one of these women who identifies as a high achiever, somebody who is always pushing herself further and, and further and further than anybody else has gone before and it can absolutely take a massive toll on you. Now, the reason I think this is such an important thing for me to share with you is because I've certainly struggled with this in the past. I would definitely identify myself as a high achiever, somebody who is constantly looking to to create new outcomes, to make stuff happen, you know, geeing other people up to do the same. And the truth is, is that is not a very sustainable strategy because you can absolutely burn out. And I've definitely been on not just the verge of burnout, but just burning out. I've definitely burnt out a couple of times in my career. And I've had to kind of go through that process, I think, to realize those triggers, those triggers around high achievement that need to continuously achieve, continuously deliver, and sometimes at the expense of your health, which is no good whatsoever. So listen, to start today's episode, what I thought would be interesting is to bring up two fictitious case studies. So these are not real clients uh, that I'm going to be sharing. They're definitely real stories. So, you know, you might resonate with one or all three of them and just see what kind of comes out for you and, and see what you identify with. So let's start with Susan. Now, Susan, she makes mistakes and she blames herself a lot. So if that's you, put your hand up in the air, put your high five in the air, because it's a lot of us ladies, okay? So, you know, she's making mistakes and she's blaming herself for those mistakes. The reality is we all make mistakes, <laughs> right? We're human beings. After all, we're vulnerable. We do make mistakes. And I think that's in itself is a massive lesson to recognize that you're not alone if you've made a mistake. I think the thing with Susan is that keeps her up. The problem is, is she makes the mistakes and then it keeps her up at night. So she's losing sleep, she's ruminating, and she's got this real tendency to imagine worst case scenarios. So she'll kind of picture everything going wrong and it's all down to her. It's all her fault. The situation's completely out of control and it's all down to her. Now, she's currently chastising herself because her daughter is in daycare 
And she's working a very, very busy full-time job and is feeling guilty and uncomfortable about that decision. So she's, she's blaming herself and she's feeling like she's never doing a good enough job either at work or at home. So maybe Susan's story connects with you. Let's hear into Luella's story. So this is Luella. Luella is one of these people who's keen to work her way up the ladder. So she's really kind of ambitious. She's really driven, but she's feeling invisible. So it's like this double-edged sword. She really wants to push her career forwards, but she feels like none of these key decision makers really know who she is or the impact she's making. So she's working really, really hard. She's working super duper hard, but is not getting those results. She's getting lots of stuff done. And she feels like she ought to, she should be really building her network with these key decision makers, but she's not doing it. So she just doesn't feel good enough because she doesn't feel recognized. So she doesn't feel good enough either. Maybe Luella's story really connects with you. Luella's story is a really common one that comes through our doors in our business. Uh, We work with women who are in finance a lot of the time, in banking, in STEM industries, in consulting industries. And these are the kinds of challenges that they have, that concept of working really, really hard, but feeling invisible. And there might be some guilt around that. There might be some, you know, I ought to be doing this. I should be doing that, but I'm just not doing it. The last one I wanted to share with you is Versha. Now, Versha has a tendency to scold her own work. She's like a worst, fiercest own critic about everything that she does. So she spends a lot of time, wasting a lot of time, poking holes in what she's done, trying to find you know, ways in which she can make it even better to perfect her work. And she wastes a lot of time. And as a result of that, she feels like she's not good enough. She feels like her work's not good enough. She feels like she's not good enough. I'd like you to ask yourself in those three scenarios, did any of those scenarios ring true with you? It might be that facets of each of them rang true with you and you could see yourself in all of them. It could be that one really resonated with you, maybe the guilt one, maybe the being highly critical of yourself. But have a think about which one of those connects with you most. And I'm going to share with you today three strategies to actually start overcoming those three challenges. Because like I say, today we're talking about being more self-kind, more self-kind so that you can build that sense of worth. Because when we are critical of ourselves, when we're hard on ourselves, when we're basically saying we're lacking, then that is making a massive, massive impact on our sense of worth. That's essentially why we're talking about self-kindness and self-worth in the same breath. And the interesting thing is, is I think, is the clue is in the title, right? The word self It's all about being more self-full. So not being selfish, there's a really big difference. When we're more self-full, we're being more consciously aware about what we, self, needs. That's essentially what self-full means. And I'm talking about being self-full in my business all the time. It's not about being selfish and excluding everybody else's needs. It's about understanding what you actually need. Not that that means necessarily that somebody else is going to lose out, because that's what I think a lot of women worry about, that if I put any of my needs first, you know, God forbid, then who's going to miss out as a result of that? And it doesn't need to be that way around at all. And that's something I've definitely learned um, through my own journey as um, a working mom. And as um, just as a woman, you know, we kind of have lots of lots of um, interests outside of work, outside of children. Um, I certainly do. And you've got to try and find a way to make it all balanced so that you don't lose out somewhere in the middle and just get stranded and leaving exhausted. So let's talk about some of these solutions. Okay. So the first thing that I want you to think about is people who are very, their sense of self-worth is strong. 
these people are kinder to themselves. That's just a general truth, okay? And I think the the big shift that they make is that instead of chastising themselves when things go wrong, they forgive themselves. And that forgiveness is the first strategy I want to talk with you about today. Forgiveness. This is the first absolute step to becoming more self-kind so you can build self-worth. It's a bit like the Elsa, you know, Elsa says, let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let that emotion go. The guilt, the shame, my goodness, the shame, you know, the misery. It's just so miserable to be in this place of self-chastisement for any length of time. So instead of self-blame, we've got to look at the external factors, anything external to you that could have contributed to those outcomes to have created the situation that you find yourself in. So if we find ourselves in a place of difficulty, often women can instantly blame themselves. I mean, they kind of look internally and they say, well, what have I done to contribute to that? That's my fault. It's my fault. And I'm so sorry. And let's apologize to everybody around us. What I want you to start doing instead is to start looking at the external factors that could have contributed to that. Is there some sort of environmental reason why this has happened? Was the weather bad, for example? Is there some external reason that's beyond your control? Was there some sort of industry shift that changed your project? Is there some sort of external reason, such as another person who has had an impact on this outcome that was beyond your control? So when you start looking at external reasons that have created or contributed to the circumstance you find yourself in. Okay, that's the first thing. It's so important. The second thing that I think is important is if you believe you actually genuinely were at fault, maybe you did make a mistake. You know, maybe you are human after all. But if you did make a mistake, if there was some fault on your part, instead of self-blaming again, I want you to start thinking about how you're going to learn from that lesson. What did I learn from this situation? How has this taught me something else? How has this made me a better person? How has this made me a better mother? How has this made me a better leader? Whatever the situation, I want you to think about what you've learned from it and let go of that anger, let go of the resentment. Because the reality is, is guilt, for example, I think guilt's one of those emotions that comes up in this space. Guilt is one of those really useless emotions and women feel it all day long. Women feel guilt a lot. They sort of take things very personally, personalizing situation, but it's a massive waste of time. It's a massive waste of your energy because the truth is that guilt comes from some past decision, some past scenario that has already happened. It's not like you can affect it. It's already happened. Even if your guilt is about placing your child in daycare and then coming to work, you know, moments later, it's still in the past. It's already happened. There's nothing you can do about that decision. And there are strategies that we have to employ. I've been in this space. Working mum's guilt is a very, very real thing. I've definitely had um, issues with it, um, certainly when my children were younger. And it definitely dissipates as your children get older. Certainly for me, it did. And I, I know for a lot of my friends, it has. But it's one of those things that is actually crippling when you have very young children and you go back to work. And I think it's very misunderstood how difficult it is for a lot of women to go back to work and men. And of course, a lot of women don't have that guilt when they go back to work and they're very comfortable and very happy going back to work, but they might have guilt about something else. So that's fine. I'm just using working mother's guilt as an example. So 
the reality is it's a situation from the past when we have guilt. It can't be changed. It's done. It's done and dusted. You know, if you've done something and you regret it, it might have been 20 years ago and you might still be ruminating about it. It might still be making you lose sleep. But that's about focusing on what's happened and it's not focusing on what you can do about it. So my advice, if you've got some sense of guilt about anything, is to say to yourself, okay, in this moment right now, whether you've come back to your desk and you've just dropped your child at daycare, for example, is what can I do about this situation? What can I learn from the situation? How can I be better next time? How can I just be kind to myself and say, look, there's a rational reason why I'm doing this because we need to make money for this child to grow up and have this wonderful life. So we have to start getting into the more rational line of thinking when we've got this guilt that happens and stop going into this emotional spiral. So forgiving yourself, it's a really, really big one. And I think one thing actually that I learned with with guilt that I think is very interesting is you can always tap into the the intention behind the behavior. What was the intention behind the behavior? So if your intention was always good, how can you feel guilty about the scenario that's happened, the outcome that's happened? You know, if you've um, if your intention is to go to work and make a lot of money so that your child can have a good life and have a good education, all those good things, your intention is very positive. You know, you're not intending to hurt this child by putting them into daycare. Of course you're not. You're intending for them to have a great life and for you to have a great life too because you need yourself too and you need your own self-identity. Anyway, I'm going off the point slightly. So that's the first thing I really want you to think about. The first way to build a sense of self-kindness is to forgive yourself more often. And if you really feel like there's that need to chastise, ask yourself that big question. What have I learned from this situation? It might have gone wrong, but what have I learned from it? There's always going to be some brilliant learning from it. Okay, let's move on to number two. So I want you to become really, really consciously aware of the reactive language that you're using. So in the example I used earlier with Luella, she was talking about the idea that she, you know, she should, she ought to, she must, it's expected of me to, this is reactive language. And it's not very empowering because it's a reactive language. I should be more proactive at work. I ought to have a stronger network. I'm expected to be an awesome mum and a kick-ass VP at work at the same time, for example. Okay, so those are great examples. I should do, I ought to, I must, I'm expected to. But none of those comes from a place of self-care. They're all coming from some sort of external pressure for you to deliver. So a great way to tackle this one is to look at the same scenario. So whether it's building your network or whether it's, you know, work-life balance juggle or whether it's building a relationship with key personnel or whether it's feeling invisible or whatever it is that's kind of going on for you. I want you to have a look at it rather than from this, I ought to be doing all this stuff situation and looking at what is manageable. So I want you to remove that language, I ought to, I should, I must, and replace it with I will or I'd love to or I really want to. And find a piece of the puzzle that is your first step that feels manageable and fun and something you actually really want to do. So for example, with building your network, that just feels like a very scary, time-consuming, exhausting venture, right? I must build my network. I ought to have a better network. Instead of doing that, the key to success with this kind of thing is to look at the first step. Well, 
The reality is, is I actually want to become uh, known in this particular division. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to network only with Marie Sanders, who heads up that division, because I really want to become known to her. That is something I want to do. That is something I will do. That is something I'd love to do because it feels manageable and it's helpful towards my own goals. It's not some fluffy, generic, I must have a better network or I should have a better network by now. Because these are the kinds of comments that clients make to me in our coaching practice. You know, we've been coaching now for over 13 years in the space, working with corporate women to help them really raise their visibility and their credibility with key stakeholders. And one of the fundamental shifts in behavior is becoming really directive about what it is you want from your career and taking action towards that. And often that means just finding one individual within your organization who you want to build relationship with and who you need to be known to. So that's a great strategy. I hope you're getting excited about that. That's the second one. And then the third one, I wanted to share with you is to focus on what you do do well, because what I see a lot is there's a massive tendency for women to focus on where they feel they're weak and they feel they're not doing a great job and they feel like they're struggling and they feel like they're disappointing people and they feel like, you know, it's not going well. And the truth is there's so much more that's going well than not but we have to start getting to the habit of flipping that and becoming very self-kind about what we're actually doing well, because there will be a stack of stuff that you're doing well. I guarantee it. So much so in our, in one of our trainings, we have um, an eight-week training, the Career Accelerator Game Plan. In that training, we have a whole dedicated module to self-worth. We call it the self-worth spotlight because self-worth is such an intrinsic part of building a solid sense of you and a solid sense of your career. And what I find a bit frustrating in the career industry and in the leadership industry is what often happens is people are given more skills and more tools and more leadership um, styles and whatever else to learn. But the reality is, is if your sense of self-worth is not strong enough and you don't identify as a leader and you don't identify um, with the skills that you're being given, you don't feel confident enough to address those skills and take on those skills and become those skills, then, you know, you're setting yourself up to fail. And I fundamentally disagree with that, which is why so much of our training, whether it's a career-based training or a personal branding training or a leadership training, they always, always encompass some sense of self-worth, confidence building, and helping you really become strong in yourself as well. At the same time, these things must happen side by side. So I've absolutely loved talking with you today. I love doing this podcast. It's such a delight. And I love seeing all of the downloads that go on every single week. And the thing that's so wonderful is there's so much content in our podcast. We even get um, comments. And if you want to send us a comment, do send us a comment. You can email us at hello at illuminategrowth.com.au. You can message us there. And um, we'd love to hear from you. If there's a topic that you would love us to talk about, either, you know, from me, from me or from one of my guests, let us know because we're obviously um, keen to deliver content that you really need and you really want to hear. So listen, before I go, I'd love to give you access to our free download, which is the seven habits of female execs who get promoted 
All you have to do is go to rebeccasfreegift.com to get hold of that copy and it can be in your inbox within seconds. And there's so many useful, valuable strategies in there to help you get promoted that we've heard and we've applied and that we've delivered with our clients over these years. And they work. They're tried and tested strategies that will get you results. You have to be patient and you have to apply them and you have to believe that you deserve that promotion, which is why I'm saying self-worth is such a massive, massive part of every process that we go through. I've loved being here this week and I will see you really soon. You have the most fantastic week. Bye for now.